Two, four. 
spoken here to his altar today and we know that he's working with us and for us and we're just thankful that we have him to come to in times like this Lauren was that tape the right key for you okay Well, I don't see the guitar, Harrison, so I guess we want to welcome you to our services today. And welcome everyone out. We're glad to have uh, Brittany with us. Good to have Joe back with us. Uh, I guess we're missing, I guess, uh, Jack and uh, Hannah. Uh, yeah, I believe he told me uh, last week he will be gone or had a trip coming up, so we uh, miss them though. And, uh, others that we need to lift up in our prayer request today. Always remember me. My blood pressure's still down. Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay. I'm back to see the kidney doctor Tuesday. Still remember Brenda Tuesday. Yeah. <clears throat> Brenda goes back to uh, see what the doctor can. Hello, what they found out. Are there others? Uh, Shelton, Georgia, and his rest of his family. Others? Remember mom and me and my family and the Faye Reimer family. She passed away yesterday in the battle of cancer. Faye Reimer? Okay. Okay, let's remember Carla's family needs. Then Faye Reimer, you mentioned someone else that passed away. Evelyn Clark. Evelyn Clark, okay. Remember George Bridges, he's battling cancer also. Remember George, cancer, okay. Still cancer, cancer, cancer. Seems like that's, you know, anymore, so. And then, you remember Hunt's uh, brother, okay. Remember him? Scott McCoy. Scott McCoy. Several Sunday school requests. I always remember them. We may sometimes forget to mention them. Thank you. They've already been mentioned once, but it never hurts to bring them up again and again. So just remind God that we are concerned and interested in them. Are there others that we need to lift up? Okay, Tina's parents. Others? We've got a prayer request and a joy praise. Morning, little cousin Jacob Lane had a really bad bicycle wreck on Tuesday. And we had to be sent to children's. But the good Lord was watching after him. It could have been a lot worse than it was. He's home and doing better. Jacob Lane? Yes. Okay, back to back accident, so remember him in this time that he is recovering from his injuries. Are there others? Uh, JR, is Rosanna still? No, she's in cell case. She's getting some stuff for John Fire Okay. Just so there's no sickness. Uh, Joe, what about Heather? She. Uh, um, we, uh, we were moving uh, a friend yesterday. 
In other words, she's not sick. That's the main thing. Not sick. Others? Any joys? I told Pleasant Hill, I don't know if it's a joy or not, but uh, today is Gail and my uh, 40th anniversary, so I don't know if you consider that a joy or not. But anyway, uh, she's working. And, uh, so uh, hopefully she's going to be back on her routine. Uh, she went back to work Friday, and her mother's getting better, stronger, and they're not going to have to stay with her 24 hours a day. So Gail's going back to work, and hopefully she'll be back on her routine of being with us every other weekend until uh, she gets laid off or to close the place down, whichever <laughs> happens first, so she don't know. Anyway, she can retire in May, so it's not not too long off. So, are there others we need to lift up? Any unspoken? Let's go for it. Father, as we again gather in your house today, we just thank you for being with us. And as we gather, Father, to come to praise you and your Son for many, many blessings. Father, more than we can even account for, but we know that you have done everything that you know that we need to make our life just what it is today. And we're just thankful, Father, that you were there for us whenever we called upon you, knowing that you would answer and provide to us just what it was that we need. So, Father, we thank you again today for this opportunity that we have to be here in your house today with your family of God that is so much encouragement and brings us so much joy just to gather and to fellowship and just to work and to help each other out through whatever difficulties they may be facing, whatever problems they may have in their life, Father, that we can be of comfort and help to them as they work themselves through. But Father, above all, we just thank you for being with them, hearing our prayers and answering according to your will. Father, we lift up the names of these many loved ones who are suffering the different health problems, those who may be traveling, those who are not with us due to having to work. But above all, Father, we just pray for those who are not with us because they have no desire to be in your house this morning. May we in some way be able to reach out and touch them by some action or word that would let them know that your son loves and cares for them. And they would come to know him in a way that they have so far rejected. So Father, just in whatever way you may have a use, that you would just use us to reach out and to be your voice, to be the shining light that needs to shine out into this dark world that we're living in. Help us, Father. Help this church as we Continue to be your voice in this community. Help us to reach out and be the influence and be an impact to those who live in this community that they would come to realize and know what this church is doing, but above all, what it can do for them. So, Father, we just thank you today for leading and guiding us down the pathway you would have us to go. May we always stay true to your teachings, and to your promises. Father, we ask that you would be with us tonight as we gather for our charge conference in Rogersville, as we make plans for the coming year of 2016, as we put these people into the different uh, leadership roles in this church. We would be putting the people who will work and do what needs to be done to advance this church. Be with us, Father, as we gather on Sunday mornings for our uh, Sunday school and for our worship services. Just help us to reach out and to be your word in this community. 
Now go with us, Father, through the remainder of this service. Just lead, guide, and direct us in the way that you would have us to go, doing what you would have us to do as we live our life each day, Father, just to serve you and to be your witness and your example. All these things, Father, we ask today in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At this time, as our ushers will come forward, we'll receive our morning tithes and offerings. Our Father, as we gather here again today in your house, we praise you and your Son for many blessings in life that you've given to us. And now, Father, as we receive this offering, may we in some way use it to help someone who is in need today. And they would know and come to realize that your Son loves and cares for them, as does this congregation. So, Father, we give this offering today in thanks and appreciation for everything you've given to us. Now, may we, in some small way, give back to someone in need through this gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs> As Sammy mentioned earlier, tonight is the charge conference uh, at Rogersville Methodist Church at 7 o'clock. Uh, along with us and Pleasant Hill will be the other churches in the Rogersville Parish. Uh, that's uh, Meadowview, uh, Kincaid, Rogersville Methodist, uh, Edgewood, and Dodson Creek, and uh, Evan Flowing Springs. I think I saw all of them. I might have left one out. Anyway, we meet at 7 o'clock and uh, go through and formality of just approving the different uh, committees and uh, chair people for the coming year. And uh, everyone is urged to attend and be a part of the meeting and just see what goes on and uh, give your input or suggestions. And I think Sammy Case will give the report on the uh, church activities, the things that we have done uh, past year. So uh, look forward to uh, tonight, mainly because I've got two stacks of reports about that thick over with for another year. Uh, unfortunately, we have a minister's meeting next Monday, and uh, they told us they would give us the packet for the year-end reports. So... We go from one report to another, but anyway, that will soon be over. And uh, so, but we do encourage you to attend tonight and uh, just be a part of the meeting there at seven o'clock at the Rogersville Methodist Church. <coughs> Today, I want to read to you from the twelfth chapter of Genesis, uh, first three verses. Genesis chapter twelve, verses one through three. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will shew thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. 
And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curses thee. And in these, or and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. The word of God for the people of God. And may God add his blessing to the reading of his word. In those three verses, we read of God asking or making a request, I guess you could say, of Abram, and uh, later on his name was changed, we know, to Abraham, and we'll discuss that in a minute. But anyway, God asked Abram what we might think would be a difficult decision. Let's just assume that if God was to call today, you go home, you leave church here, you go home, and you're uh, sit back in your recliner and taking it easy and all of a sudden God was come to you and say get up and go to this far off land and I'm going to show you where to go that's basically what he did to Abram wasn't it how would you react I don't know how I would react I mean I would like to tell you oh I'd get up and take right off but if I told you that I'd be I guess maybe not lying to you, but I'd be misleading you because I don't know. I don't guess any of us would know, would we? I mean, that would be a tough decision, wouldn't it? But anyway, he asked Abram to get up, leave your comfortable surroundings, leave your kindred, uh, your friends, and I'm going to send you to a land that you don't know where it is. But I'll make some promises that go along with that. I'll, I'll take, in other words, God is saying to Abram, just like he says to us, don't worry, I'll take care of you. You may think it's strange, you may think it's odd that I would ask you to do this, and you may have your doubts. But don't worry, I'll take care of you. So he made some promises too. Abram in his uh, request. First thing he said, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'll make a great nation from wherever I send you and wherever you settle down, this will be the starting of or the coming into being of a great nation. And he also told him, as a result, everyone through this promise, will receive or will be blessed. So now, Abram, I, I said they changed his name from Abram to Abraham. At the time, he was known as Abram. If you check back as to the meaning of the word, you know, back then, everybody's name seemed to have a meaning to it. Uh, and Abram meant exalted father. Exalted being held high, highly thought of. But he changed his name from Abram to Abraham, which means now father of many. And so that's the promise that he was making to Abram, that he was going to make him the father of many nations, many people. Many people will be blessed by this action. So, also he went on to say, even the descendants, all of the descendants that are incorporated in this new nation, this new uh, nation will be blessed. That fulfillment came to pass by the birth of Isaac and then later Jacob. And this is from where we get the 12 tribes of Israel. You know, most, all of our references go back to, in some regards, to connecting to the 12 tribes of Israel. And this is the, I guess you could say, the originator or the beginning that brought about through the descendants and uh, births that occurred the 12 tribes of Israel that we refer to today. 
So we see in this scripture the promises that God made to Abram. In fact, there was seven different things he mentioned. Uh, promises or things he told would come to be or would come about. And the first thing was certainly that uh, he would uh, make a great nation out of him. In other words, wherever I send you from that location, there is going to arise a great nation. And you look at that promise and you want to say, well, how does that compare with the United States today? How does that compare with us? Do you think that we as a nation have been blessed? I do. If we just think back, why was why did our forefathers they basically did the same thing that Abram did, didn't they? They up and left their normal surroundings, the people that they knew, the conditions that they were familiar with. And they embarked on a journey that took them to, they didn't know where they were going, but they knew what they were looking for, didn't they? They were looking for a new country. They were looking for a new land. They were looking for uh, a nation or a way in which they could make up their own minds. They could choose to worship God the way they wanted to, not the way some uh, dictate would come down from the government and tell them you've got to do this, and you've got certain rituals, and you've got certain uh, things you've got to do. They came searching a new way, a different way. Just like God sent Abram on a journey to start a new way, a, a new a new life. So they came, they settled, or began settling here in the 1600s. And think of all the hardships, all of the things that we have overcome. Certainly the early settlers had to go through the rough winters, didn't know if they were going to survive or not. The constant, I guess, constant threat of the Indians being unfriendly or maybe they weren't sure how they were going to be received by them. Later on, the war with Great Britain and, uh, to establish what they were wanting to establish. Then later on, the different world wars we've gone through, the Civil War, the Great Depression, even some of the conflicts that we're going through today, we have been blessed because we were founded on a nation for and under God, believing in God, and he has blessed us for that. Now you wonder, as we see things worsening, how much longer are we going to be able to say that we are completely or fully blessed by God? But anyway, he made this promise to Abram that he would make wherever he settled down. He would make it into a great nation. Just like he has made the nation that our settlers came to in 1607 or 1620 into a great nation. You just stop and think in the short period of time that we're, what, 240 years old? No other, no other civilization has done as much, accomplished as much. And I think it's all because we were founded upon God and the promises that he made or has given to us. Then another thing he told Abram is, I will bless you. And I would ask you, have you been blessed? How many uh, blessings can you count on today? I don't even know. You can even, I can't. 
even come close to even considering all the blessings that God has given to me. All because Christ is part of our life. We obey his commandments. We obey his desires for us. We, we live the life that he would have us to live. Doing the things that he has asked us to do. And by so doing, we have received many, many blessings. And we will continue to do so as long as we obey and do God's will and not ours. Another thing he told Abram, I will make your name great. How does that compare with us today? I look at this one, one thing in my life that tells me that my name is right where I want it to be, right where it needs to be. And your name is there too. Our names are written down in God's book of life. When we came to accept Jesus Christ, we were told God entered our name in the Lamb's book of life. When we stand before God in judgment and he opens up that book and our name is written there, what greater place could our name be entered than in this book? Because the consequences are, if it's not there, we're in trouble. We're not going to enter into heaven as we thought we were going to. So, Accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and having him to write our name into the book of life, into the Lamb's book of life, is the greatest importance that our name could be placed in. Amen. So he, he told Abram, I'll make your name great. He has made our name just as great by entering in. And assuring us that our home has been taken care of. He also told him that you'll be a blessing. Not only, not only will you be a blessing, but everyone that you come in contact with, you're going to bless them. You're going to be an encouragement. You're going to be uh, something that they're going to look to and they're going to want to be just like you are. They're going to be living the life that you're living. Treating people the way you treat them. The way they need to be treated. So not only do we receive a blessing but we in turn bring that message or that blessing to everyone we come in contact with. Now, grant you, there may be some that don't want the blessing we bring to them. We can't help that. All we are to do is to do whatever God will expect us to do, how we are to treat people, and how we are to react to whatever the situation may be, we are to show people by our actions just how they need to react, how they need to handle each situation. So our blessing now carries over and is a part of a blessing to them. We're able to influence their way, their living, by the way that we live. So... He told Abram, you'll be a blessing to those that you come in contact with. 
Then another thing that was included in those three verses is a couple of warnings, if you consider it a warning. He told or says, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And when I read that or when I think about that statement or those verses, the thing that comes to my mind right now, God specifically tells us that we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We are to pray for the people of Israel. And when I see how we as a country, how we as a nation are treating the nation of Israel, it's disturbing. I believe it's either Psalm 83 or 93 where it says the Muslims, the ones who are fighting Israel, states their desire is to push Israel off of the face of the earth into the sea so that their name will be remembered no more. That's their intention. That's their desire. And God specifically says we need to stand with Israel. I will curse those who curse you. Is that a warning to us? I think so. We need to do all we can to support this nation and their fight against the aggression that seems to be surrounding and encircling them. Tiny, small nation against the whole Mideast region, what it's coming down to be. So I will curse those who curse you. So if we turn our backs on Israel or whoever turns their backs on Israel, God is saying, <coughs> I'll curse you. I'll bring you down or I'll bring you misfortune in some way, some fashion. So we need to be very careful how we respond to this situation, it's a bad situation today in the Middle East as we see things deteriorate every day. And finally, the last verse says that all of the nations and families, they'll be blessed. How they bring that about? Simply by doing what we're doing, putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, letting him, letting him be our leader, letting him show us, instead of us trying to make the decisions and decide what is best or how we should handle the situation, ask God to lead and guide us. Then follow his way, follow his will. And see if things don't improve. See if things don't get better for us. So these are the seven promises or things that God told Abram as he called upon him to depart and go into an unknown nation or country. <coughs> but these are some of the things that he could uh, look forward to. Sure, there were responsibilities cast upon Abram. Just like there are responsibilities to us today as we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, as we place our life in his hands, there are responsibilities. There are things that are expected that we need to do. So living for Christ is not free of responsibility. It may even take on greater responsibility because, as you know, it's not easy. And you wasn't told that living for Christ would be easy. And you can certainly, I guess, 
attain to that thought today that it's not an easy life. There's so many things out there to trip you up. So many things out there to get you off of the way that you need to be living, the way you need to be doing things. So it's not easy. So there are responsibilities that go with it. It's serious responsibilities. Not to be taken lightly. So these are the things that God promised or told Abram, Abraham, that would come to be. So as we bring these three verses down to our life today, and how does it affect us? What are some of the promises God has made to you? Well, as I mentioned a while ago, probably we have so many, or I do, that we can't even can even come close to knowing or recognizing just how many blessings that God has given to us. But there's about four things that probably, to me, stand out. And the first thing, the first promise that he gave to us, that he would forgive us of our sins. He would wipe clean all of the things, all of the sins that we had ever committed. When we call upon his son to come into our heart, into our life, and to save us of our sins, God made that promise right then that your sins will be remembered no more. They'll be wiped clean. So that's the promise that we know God holds true. And we can be thankful that all the things that we did, and in, in my case, uh, they were many that I had to have wiped clean. And I'm sure we've all done some things that we're not proud of before we come to know Jesus Christ. We know that even after we come to accept Christ, we still slip up. We still do things that we don't intend to do, but we do them by omission, certainly not by commission, but the things we do are mainly by omission. But the good thing is, God has made the promise that he'll be there for us. When we come back to him, he will take us back in as if nothing had ever happened. Then this promise brings us to a second blessing or a second promise that he has made to us that I think we all enjoy. We have peace and contentment. Can you imagine what your life would be like today? If you didn't know Christ as your Savior, if you had to go through life doing everything for yourself, just think how, how much easier it is whenever whatever may come before you. You know God is there for you. You, you know you have an advocate that will see you through, will carry you through. Whatever, whatever this old world may throw up at you, God will get you through it. And that gives you the peace and contentment of your heart that you know no matter what, things are going to work out for you. Then another thing, another promise that he has made to us that we know to be true, he has promised or told us that he will always be with us. What did he say? I'll go with you or I'll be with you even unto the very end of the earth. God will never, never forsake you. He will never leave you. Yes, there are times maybe we leave God, but he don't leave us. He's always there for us, always willing to be there to hear whatever our needs, whatever our burdens may be that we bring to him. He is always our force. So that, that's a promise we know to be true. That God will never, never forsake us. He's always there to the very, very end. And then I guess the most important promise that he has made 
I go to prepare a home for you. And if I go and prepare a home for you, I will come again. That where I am, there you may be also. A promise that God has given to us. That he has prepared for us. Our heavenly home. That cannot be taken from us. It's there waiting. We have loved ones who are there waiting. God says, I have a home prepared for you. I promise that when I prepare this home for you, I will come again. And we will be together. So that's the promise that God made to Abram. That's the promise that God has made to us. What promises? we made to God? Have we promised God that we will accept His Son as our Lord and Savior? Have we promised God that we will live for Him, that we will obey His commandments? Or have we rejected? Have we turned our backs on God? Have we made a promise that we don't want any part of it? What promises have we made to God? God has made so many to us. God has done so much for us. What are we doing for Him? We're going to sing our invitational hymn. The altar is always open. If you have any need whatsoever, Anything, any burdens that may be holding you back today, whatever, there's nothing God can't handle. Would you come just one-on-one? -on -one. We'll pray for you. Someone will pray for you. God will hear your prayer. God will answer. God is here today for you. This is your opportunity. If you have any need whatsoever, would you come to sing? Say one ten, turn page eighty-one, verse nine, verse.
those who are having to work and can't be with us, those who may be traveling, and we pray for safety as they return back to us. But Father, we pray for those who have no desire to be here today. And we just ask that you might use us in some way to reach out and touch them. <coughs> Help them to realize just what you can do for them. Father, bless this church. Bless this congregation and help us to continue to reach out and be a part of this community and be your word and your shining light to those that we come in contact with every day that we might in some way influence and impact their life. I go with us, Father, as we leave and go to our homes. Be with us tonight as we gather in Rochester for our charge conference. Just give us the wisdom and knowledge to make the decisions for the coming years Lord. help this church grow and prosper. Bring us back, Father, next Sunday morning to your house or Sunday school and worship. But above all, Father, we just place this day and our lives into your hands. And just ask that you take care of us as you have, lead and guide us as you have, and as you have promised to be. All these things, Father, we ask today in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.